Hey everyone, welcome back to our podcast, Sendition. This is Cece. And this is Claire. Hello friends to our headline news edition of Season 3 and Episode 4 of Sendition on October 17th, 2021. We have three super duper interesting stories and even better takes, so let's get into it. So our first story of today is that New York City works its way toward ending gifted and talented program. On Tuesday, October 12th, New York City revealed a plan called Brilliant NYC that will replace the Gifted and Talented, or GNT, program. It is expected to reach 26 times more students than GNT. Mayor Bill de Blasio says that in an average year, 65,000 students start kindergarten, but only 2,500 students are admitted into the GNT program after taking a standardized test. The mayor says the GNT program was quote, too dependent on a single standardized test, end quote, and was very exclusive and exclusionary. On top of that, there was very, very serious racial segregation happening because of the program. Mayor de Blasio says the new program will eradicate, quote, artificial barriers put up by GNT, such as a test taken by four-year-olds. The concern was that a single standardized test should not determine someone's future, especially when that test was taken at the age of four. As New York City transitions away from GNT, students in first grade and above who are already in GNT can complete the program. However, no new classes will be created from this point on. The Brilliant NYC plan is an accelerated program that pays special attention to children with unique abilities. Unlike GNT, however, the Brilliant NYC plan will not separate classes. This will expand the opportunity to tens of thousands of children as opposed to 2,500. The Department of Education plans to gain community input from all 32 school districts for the next two months, but the program will be enacted in the very near future. Interesting. Mm Mm-hmm. There's a phrase circulating, or has been circulating for a while, called sad, gifted kid burnout shit. Mm Mm-hmm. You've heard of that? Yeah, I've heard it. (laughs) Yeah. So, basically, it's when kids who were called gifted or smart when they were younger... And they read, like, maybe they read a ton of books, basically, like, a book every two days, or, like, excelled in school, did really well in elementary and middle school, and they were seen as very smart, very exceptional, whatever. But now, kids are really sad, really depressed, really anxious, and they can't exactly read like they used to. Not, at least not at that level, like, they can't bring themselves, like, freaking pick up a book. So... I feel like part of this trope is that schools and families emphasize the whole gifted aspect and exaggerate it so much that it becomes a big part of their identity rather than just like, oh, like you're smart, whatever. But they're like, I'm gifted apparently, so I have to live up to my expectations and things like that. Or maybe they're peppered with praise, as you see in the education system and with parents. So then they're like, oh, I'm gifted i'm so cool right no i feel you i think claire i don't know if you remember but we had that program at our school okay our element yeah yep and in basically in elementary school there was you could take a test in like second grade so we were like seven 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 or eight i think yeah and if you, like, pass a certain score, you could 
opt to go to this gifted program in another elementary school. Mm-hmm. I did not pass. I don't think I did either. It's all um, good. But my brother did, so he's oh, in the program yeah. right now, actually. And basically what it does is because you go to this other school, they basically, like, you live in, or not, yeah, you basically are surrounded by other people of the same program uh, other kids of the same program and you just learn advanced math like while maybe everyone's learning mm, what like regular math like like triangle formulas in third grade you're learning like basic trigonometry or like even that i don't know those made up but basically the thing is where you're just learning at a higher level than everyone else Mm-hmm. than like say kids at the same school but not in the program and I mean it's not like it definitely shows like for sure the people who were part of the gated and gifted or well like what sorry gifted who were part of yeah part of this gifted and talented program they do go on to go like I'm pretty sure on average they go on to like higher ranking schools or get better paid job on average Mm -hmm. but at the same time it's taking away from like not taking it's doesn't it's not the full potential of everyone else in the school right right and that whole separation thing they're separating what like gifted kids from quote normal kids right it takes a toll yeah. on everyone, I think. Um, I actually learned about this in my developmental psych class. And we were talking about education and early childhood and gifted and talented programs. Mm-hmm. And that kind of separation doesn't exactly cultivate a learning environment. Because on one hand, the gifted and talented people think they're way too good. And that they're above everyone else. Because... I'm pretty sure, like, teachers in the whole school emphasizes that, too, because they're like, oh, here, you're in the gate program. Yeah. You're in the gifted and talented program. You're so good. So then they're like, oh, yeah, I'm so smart. I don't have to do shit. So then they don't exactly create any motivation to learn. And they just, I guess, sit on their butts all day. And then for the normal kids, quote, normal kids, I guess, um, they also have no motivation to learn because... Once again, mm-hmm. that school environment cultivates a sense of that gifted and talented program is better than you. So these children who aren't in the program think that they're not as good as them. There's no way they can catch up to them and all sorts of things like that. So they also have no motivation to learn because they think whatever their efforts are, there's no way they can get to them. For sure. I think it's just a cycle that transcends i know like uh how do i say this so basically in san francisco if you for those who don't live in san francisco they recently got rid of the testing based high school enrollment so but what happened before is that to get into a certain high school especially like the big one if you live near the bay area you probably heard of lowell high school right that was kind of the highest ranking high school and you got in based on a test you took in eighth you you take in eighth grade right you transfer in of course mm-hmm. but in general eighth grade 
and that's how they rank like based on your score they would you could rank your um your high school and then like you get in where you get in based on your grade or your score right mm-hmm. and that's why like a uh, high school like Lowell was definitely more academically challenging had more funding like they offered latin classes um and whatnot but now that they got rid of it i know one like is that because like the scores in 8th grade don't show representation of um like the potential that kids have in high school right mhm because all this funding is going to low and not to the other schools and that means other schools are disproportionately um well, not do, the other schools are just don't have the funds to help better their own kids mhm right they're lacking certain in supplemental instruction they're lacking tech good textbooks and what not right but at the same time it's like for i know for many proponents of the test based system it's low used to be the standard you know Mhm. Like they're basically saying if all the high schools were the same there would be no competition you would say you could say uh-huh to get better. Mhm. Because usually okay, it's like yeah. oh better scores equals better funding, right? But if mm-hmm. your funding it doesn't really matter or your scores your funding doesn't is it affected by scores there's no incentive for teachers to oh. do better of course that's from a very like uh capitalist standpoint right cuz capitalism is based on yeah. competition but i think that's the reality for the education yeah. system cuz schools yeah. like public schools don't usually get too much funding at all so anything yeah. and get. there's and I'm sure you guys have heard of all the scandals of like faking test scores to get funding. Like clearly there's certain there's problems. Mhm. Mhm. I also think there's just issues with standardized testing in general. Mm. Especially when they're admitting only 4% of students based off a standardized test taken when they were 4 years old. What were we doing at 4 years old? <laughs> nothing <laughs> but like just like standardized tests in general i think there's problems because i think standardized tests are technically designed to be fair but are they actually uh-huh. fair no there's no such thing as true fairness especially when it comes to testing and also there's a multitude of issues like what if kids have test anxiety or what if their parents have been neglectful and haven't exactly been teaching their children anything cuz i know there's like instances of that where parents are like oh it'll be cute when she doesn't know anything or whatever and then they don't even bother teaching them basic reading basic math skills or things like that like the alphabet and numbers so mm. kids in those types of families will probably score will probably score much lower than kids who have loving parents that attend to their needs in terms of education and knowledge. So, 
There's a lot of factors going on here that standardized testing really misses. Oh, yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I'm also like, well, because with the Brilliant NYC program, right, uh, mm-hmm. seems to be the same. Like, I don't under- really understand the difference. It seems to be the same thing, except, um, like, just open to opportunities. I think they're like, they're, they're getting rid of the test, of course, and they're also not uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. classes. So it's just, like, individually attending to kids within the class. But how? I don't know, that that part seemed that a little bit vague to me. I know there's, like, different schooling systems where, for example, you have the separated class. There's also having people help within the class, and they help children individually with their own education. I guess in this case, they're, like, attending to kids with the unique ability or whatever they're calling it. Okay, so it's like more offering, like possibly offering an accelerated track. Like if they see yeah, like in, in class yeah, yeah. that you are, like if the teacher sees like, oh, this person like, seems to be more naturally gifted towards writing. Like, why don't you take this writing track? track? I think so. Because I do Not know, especially sure. with, because I do know, especially with our gifted program, like, if you, mm-hmm. it's an overall thing, right? Like, you take all the mm-hmm. accelerated math, English, science, whatnot classes mm-hmm. together. Yeah. I see. Then I know that in high school, they can take, like, for high school, you're not all forced to be in the same class. Like, you know how in elementary middle mm-hmm. school, you have yeah. to have to have to take the same classes with your peers. But then for high school, you can go off and take, like, maybe a higher math class than the rest of the students. Mm-hmm. It's not tied to a grade, right? Uh, so, I, so. I guess, yeah, I guess for us, like, we have accelerated programs for our gifted and talented education students, our GATE students, and then they can go on to enter higher level math courses and things like that in high school. I don't know. I see, yeah. No, I do think accelerated programs are good because I just don't think a teacher can manage teaching different mm-hmm. levels mm-hmm. and with Absolutely. more support, naturally better students, mm-hmm. better learners. Mm-hmm. So our second story is that the former FBI off- official Andrew McCabe wins retirement benefits and pay after a legal settlement. So three years ago, former FBI Deputy Director Andrew McCabe was fired by the Trump administration just hours before he was retiring. If McCabe had retired, he would have received his retirement benefits and pay and whatnot. However, seeing that he was fired before that, he actually lost those benefits. And the Justice Department has actually has. The Justice Department has agreed to restore full law enforcement benefits. Additionally, they will provide some attorney fees for McCabe that he had to use for the settlement. The settlement resolves a civil law case that McCabe himself filed. He argued that his release from his job uh, resulted from a years-long public vendetta driven by former President Trump. 
Trump had urged the FBI to clean its house and pushed authorities to take action against McCabe before he retired and created an online campaign tarnishing McCabe. McCabe argues in his lawsuit that the firing violated his First Amendment rights by letting him go for political reasons, aka his quote unquote a perceived affiliation with the Democratic Party. He also argues it violated his Fifth Amendment due process rights by giving him little time to look over the evidence thrown against him and prepare a defense back in early 2018. One of McCabe's attorneys back then said that the department had to make things up as the case unfolded. And back then, Trump had also accused McCabe of conflicts of interest because McCabe's wife, Jill McCabe, ran for a seat in the Virginia Senate. She had accepted contributions from longtime Democrat and then Virginia Governor Terry McAuliffe. The Justice Department Inspector General Michael Horowitz later examined McCabe's performance in FBI activities in the 2016 election year. After his examinations, he found that McCabe, quote, lacked candor when he spoke and worked with investigators during the presidential race. The settlements deal restores McCabe's full retirement package, purges his personnel file, allows the return of his FBI badge, and covers his attorney fees. Well, that was a win for him. I mean, good for him, yeah. (laughs) He got everything. Right, he got everything back. Plus attorney fees. I mean, that's pretty good. Was there any real reason for Trump to do that besides political things? Claire, what else do right. presidents <laughs> do except political things? Except for political mm. reasons. Mm-hmm. They're politicians. Yeah, I know. I was just wondering if there was actually, like, a, you know, solid reason behind this, but I guess not. One can help. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I think it's more... I, I wouldn't say Trump's dumb, in a way. Like, he has made <laughs> very savvy political um he's he's a pol- he well he's not like a typical politician but he does know his way around like he has made some very politically savvy actions but at the same time he's also made very dumb actions mm-hmm. from a, like a political standpoint so this might be one like a kind of like just a jab personal jab I think that would, yeah, I think that's what you can call it. Because I don't really find any true political reason other, like, of course, like, you know, painting McCabe as a bad guy, blah, blah, blah. It, it seems like just like a petty thing. Yeah. Like, using conflict of interest because his wife, it's not even McCabe. It's his wife. Well, this is still conflict of interest. Remember when our... We did this in mock trial too, right? Like, people Mm -hmm. who had, like, oh, you worked for blah, 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 but now you're against blah, blah, blah. I think think the conflict of interest makes sense, but it seems so... Like, thrown out there. Yeah, like, I don't think it really matters because most people accept funding from somewhere. Right, I'm just, yeah, I'm just saying that I feel like that was just taken to throw it in here. Like, he really just tried to pick that out and be like, oh my god, conflict of interest, you guys. Screw McCabe. That kind of thing. 
Maybe we should have talked about that conflict of interest when you were negotiating with China, Mr. Trump. Right. Considering right. your children were making business deals, doing some things. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> besides no. that, um, <laughs> I love how they say lacking candor. Candor is honesty, right? Like, is he saying McCabe lied? Well, if it was honest, then that means he lied. If it was open, that means he was just like trying to skirt around things. Hmm. Oh, that whole thing seemed to me like a little bit of an excuse, but I'm not sure. Like just an excuse to you know mm-hmm. throw him out because Trump was really pushing the FBI to what clean house yeah. and trying to enact authorities to go against McCabe before he retired, essentially stripping him of retirement benefits and pay. And getting jack shit. Yep. <laughs> I think it's also, like, one thing when you were talking about is that political reason. You know, there could be, like, um, whether Trump had some other backer that was like, I don't want, I want McCabe out because maybe McCabe was investigating something internally mm-hmm. from one of Trump's supporters, obviously mm-hmm. billionaires. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that could be the reason he was pushing so hard. Or it could just be that um, Trump was just petty. Yeah. Could be either way. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Or investigating him himself, like Trump himself, but you know. That's true. That's also true. still not right. Not a good thing to do. But at the same time, like, I understand the pushing. I think... I'm sure Trump wanted McCabe out before, but firing him just before he retired does seem petty. Like, I think he started it as a way of political reasons and then realized, ah, he's retiring anyways. I might as well just fire him just because he made me mad. Mm Mm-hmm. That's so petty. Mm Mm-hmm. 26 hours before retirement. That's a little bit more than a day. Imagine being like, hey, you're fired in like, but I'm retiring in a day. <laughs> Tough luck, dude. Give me 26 dude. more hours. Yeah, give me 26 more hours, and then you can, you know, let me go. You just let me retire. Goddamn. <laughs> That's so sad. You're, like, waking up. You, like, you go to sleep the day before. You're, like, I'm gonna retire tomorrow, and then, you know, maybe I plan this whole thing out, and I'll be set for life, you know, with my pay <laughs> and my retirement pension. But then, damn, like, you're fired. Oh shit, I got nothing now. Because, like, I feel like people plan, like, their whole lives like this. They have no sense of security. Mm-hmm. Perhaps they had a backup plan, but, you know, people usually bet on the first thing first. That he will have his retirement pension and his pay as soon as he gets out of the White House. Out of the FBI. Obviously, that didn't happen, so maybe he got screwed over. But at least, you know, he yeah. won it back, so it's okay. Got anything else or? Mm-mm. So on to our third and final story: election workers in Georgia are fired after destroying voter registration forms. Georgia's most populated county, Fulton County, is already under review for election operations, and now, according to a statement released on Monday, October 11th, officials have fired two workers for allegedly shredding voter registration forms. 
The workers were looking through batches of applications for processing and fellow employees reported to their supervisor on Friday morning that the workers had shredded some of the forms. Those workers were fired on the same day. The county statement says the applications were received over a course of two weeks. Fulton County encompasses most of the city of Atlanta, and most voters are going there to vote on November 2nd to elect the new mayor, city council members, and other officials. The deadline to register was on October 4th. The county is not too sure whether 300 voter registration records were completely lost. County spokeswoman Jessica Corbett says that, quote, Processing a voter registration application involves entering them in the state system, updating them, and verifying their information, end quote. And what's under investigation was whether that process was ever completed. We can rule out party affiliation out of the question as a motive as voters do not register by party in Georgia. Fulton County has a history of election problems as well, and some include long lines, inefficiency in reporting election results, etc. The person monitoring right now, Carter Jones, has previous experience working on elections globally. From October through January, he observed the county's practices. He said the practices were sloppy and that management was poor. However, he saw no evidence of, quote, any dishonesty, fraud, or intentional malfeasance, end quote. The county statement says that now any person in Fulton County who wishes to vote in an upcoming election but is found to not be registered can vote with a provisional ballot. An investigation will follow. I don't get why you needed to why they needed to do that to shred voter registration forms. Why did they like see somebody they hate it and be like, "Fuck you, you can't vote." Like I don't understand what kind of reason they had to have. I mean, <laughs> what do you mean? I I feel like there's a lot of reasons, like saying, oh, like, dang, we're out of election voter cards. Like, it's too late. Now you can't vote. And because they can't vote, and specific people who do it late, right, there's certain demographics, then mm-hmm. you can be like, oh, yeah, like, sorry, I don't have any left. And now certain demographics um, are less like, less likely to vote. Oh, it's like a weird form of discrimination. <laughs> yeah, but I think this is um Oh no, wait, no, I'm wrong. They actually filled them out already. Yeah, they were already filled out. Yeah, they've already filled out. There's also yeah, no party affiliation involved and they fucking like shredded it. They just destroyed it. So Because if it's no party affiliation, then you can't um like poll right. Like you can't mm-hmm. really guess where they're gonna go. Mm-hmm. Unless you're doing it by, like, race or something, or gender, which is even weirder. Yeah, and racist and sexist. <laughs> right. <laughs> so many and things. And discriminatory. Right. So, yeah. And if it seems like... Linda does have a big both Republican and Democrat base there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm honestly confused as to why. Also, like, a whole... Now there's a new investigation over whether 300 forms are actually lost or not. Because, oh my god. Like, obviously, you have, you're have you there to do a job. Mm-hmm. You gotta do it properly. No wonder you got fired, because they don't know if they did the processing correctly, or if they ever did it at all. Insane, bro. Yeah, I do think... It- I mean, obviously, it's concerning because any problems with our election system does undermine, like, 
everything else. Mm-hmm. You know? But, um... I'm intrigued, though. I, like, want to know why, like, it's yeah. gone. Yeah. Like, I honestly cannot think off the top of my head why they would do such a thing. I don't understand, like, why 300. Like, if they saw the workers shred it, what happened? Where was the 300? Voter I don't know. I'm not corpse. sure. Yeah. I mean, did they shred everything? I mean, we don't know that because... Oh, okay. Workers only saw them. Like, other employees shred only forms. saw those two shred a couple. Not 300. So, for all we know, they could have destroyed everything. And just people didn't know. Plus, like, I guess, like, the whole system of mismanagement and sloppy management, mm-hmm. it's possible that they don't even know if those files could have been gone or not. Maybe they have such a shit system that... You know, right? That is very People concerning. are wondering How where... Yeah, know? exactly. Whether the 300 still exist or not. Or whether they're just sitting there and just not entered into a database. They're two very different things. So find them. <laughs> right? <laughs> find them, Just bro. hopefully this incites the county and, jo- and Georgia in general to change their systems in terms of voter registration and other voting services that they provide to the public because you can't have this happen all the time it's going to become a huge scandal yep mm-hmm. well if you guys want to read more about the stories that we shared to you today the election story you can read on cbs the fbi story you can read on npr and the New York Gifted program you can read more about on NBC. Those were the three stories we have for you today. But before we leave you, we have our Sunday snippet into the past. So on October 17th, 1931, Al Capone goes to prison. He was sentenced to 11 years in prison for tax evasion and fined $80,000 at that time. He obviously was one of the biggest criminal mafia people in the world basically and you know had the nickname scarface which later on became a movie and the whole him going to prison signified the deterioration of those mafia and criminal importance from the 1920s and 1930s Mm -hmm. and also the prohibition era oh yeah 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 well thank you guys so much for listening and have a great sunday